interview with Jeff O'Toole, chapter head of We Are Change Melbourne, are personal views and do not constitute medical advice. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Boldness on 3CR, the 31st of January. The Boldness is about standing up for your disability rights instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. And on today's show... My name is Rafael Caleb, and I'm talking with Jeff O'Toole, Chapter Head of We Are Change Melbourne. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Rafael. It's a pleasure. Now, Jeff, what is We Are Change? We Are Change is a non-partisan, independent media organisation comprised of individuals and groups working to expose corruption and uh, highlight the truth. And what do you actually see as the, what does We Are Change see as the truth? Well, we ask the questions that mainstream media refuses to ask. And we we really get to the bottom of that part of my work. I work organising events in the city, uh, such as helping out refugees, highlighting some of the vaccination policies that a lot of parents are standing up against, forcefully vaccinating children. Uh, A lot of parents want to make their own choices and not have government legislation forced upon them. Now, Jeff, is that as part of We Are Change, relating this to disability, is that would there be a possible link between vaccinations and disability? Well, that's what uh, we've been working to expose. Now, a lot of the mandatory vaccination laws have... uh, basically exposed a definite link between vaccinations and autism, such as the measles, mumps, rubella. That one is the main vaccination that's responsible for healthy children being struck down with autistic-like characteristics after injection. Well, look, it's a bit of an interesting point there, Jeff, because I was one of the people that did have, uh, I think it was a TB immunisation or a rebel. It was in the left arm at the actual top there. And I went from being able to sit at the back of the class and read the board completely to after having an injection that I had to sit near the front of the class in order to read a board. Now, did this have an effect on my eyesight? I'm not too sure. And I actually do have a, a disability. I'm on the autism scale. Right. And even if you look at some of the vaccine manufacturers' inserts, it uh, lists a lot of side effects and adverse reactions, and that uh, definitely raises some concerns. Yeah, look, it, it actually does some raise some concerns, but let's talk about disabled children in refugee camps. Like, what would actually happen? Well, this is uh, a disastrous situation because they're not receiving the care that they so rightfully deserve. Uh, 
And uh, when it comes down to women and children being left in camps without due process, uh, that's something that definitely needs to be rectified. Everyone's entitled to human rights. Right, okay. And like with the human rights, and what would you actually see as human rights? Everybody has uh, the right to access food and water, safe housing and due process. So they cannot be held indefinitely without a date where they're going to be screened and relocated either back to their native land or someplace that's going to house them. Everybody's got the right to seek asylum. Now, is it... If a person has a disability, what standard of care would they be receive if they actually were in a refugee camp? Very minimal, Raphael. That's a good question. Uh, a lot of that would be left to the the, bear, the actual parents of the child. And uh, maybe once a week there might be an aid worker that will uh, provide them assistance. But if you actually look at the conditions they're being left in, it's very appalling. We helped highlight this in the latest protest and event. Uh, that was for Manus. I actually wrote and presented a film, Misery on Manus Island, where I interviewed detainees from refugee camps, Australian citizens that were concerned about this situation, and also humanitarian aid workers. And with the film, Misery on Manus Island, Correct. is that available as a video link or a YouTube link somewhere? Absolutely. You can find that on We Are Change Melbourne. That's on YouTube. On YouTube. And what's that, is that a YouTube channel you have? That's correct. If you type in We Are Change Melbourne, all one word, it'll be accessible on that platform. Okay, well, let's have a little bit of a chat here about mental illness in a refugee camp in a place like Manus Island. How is that actually handled? Well, uh, even a lot of uh, refugees with a strong mentality sooner or later will develop some sort of mental illness, even along the lines of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, to actually be able to escape such a camp and still have a complete level-headed mind, uh, that would be very rare. Well, as it would be, is that I believe that um, stress and mental illness, there could be a very strong link in something like that. And I can't imagine what type of stress it would actually have staying in at camp for want of a better word, where very limited water, almost no food, uh, no electricity to start with, and it's there for an indefinite stay, particularly if the person actually did have a mental illness, that they have to actually receive treatment because it sounds like they couldn't. That's right, and having access to medication is another factor that we helped expose a lot of people, they uh, have scripts that should be filled from a chemist and they're not able to uh, facilitate that in that camp. Absolutely disastrous. Now, what type of events does we have changed? Have they got anything actually coming up? Uh, good question. We've actually got an event coming up. It's Australia Unite for Children's Rights. It's an event that will be held on February 10th nationwide. A number of well-informed people will be speaking at the event such as Wendy Lydell, anti-vaccination expert and author who appeared on Sunrise with David Koch. We have Greg Chip from Drug Policy Australia and a list of others that uh, are still waiting to be confirmed. But uh, you'll be able to find that on Facebook as well. If you uh, type in Australia, Unite for Children's Rights, all the information will be there for your local city. 
and what do you actually hope to achieve at this event and what's going to happen there? Great question. Look, together we will be holding a candlelight vigil for the victims of corruption, unjust laws and human rights violations that cause the suffering of many Australian children and their families, including children who have been unnecessarily and forcefully removed from loving families, children who have been killed or harmed by vaccines and receive no support or compensation, uh, those that have been imprisoned and abused in detention centres, and uh, a lot of uh, medical tyranny and kidnapping. So uh, natural medicines that may be denied will be exposing that as well. And uh, we ex- hope a lot of people will turn up to this rally and uh, show their support. Great lineup of speakers, and uh, We Are Change will be exposing some of the corruption. Well, so at this point, I'm going to actually put maybe a little bit of a trigger warning here. For those people that actually are a, have a lot of distress in their lives, is that... There are organisations like Lifeline. Their contact number is 13-1144 if people would like to talk to them about if this is actually affecting them. And for because it's a children's event, the Kids Helpline is 1-800-55-1800. And looking, that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about how to when children are actually forcibly removed from people's care, how does that actually occur? Well, uh, the Department of Child Services uh, would basically enter the home and uh, the child would be taken away with uh, police and law enforcement uh, accompanying them. And it comes back to the fact that loving parents don't lie. And, uh, you know, if the child isn't in any harm, that's the main factor that should be addressed. Instead uh, of law enforcement and government bodies getting involved, there should be a process that's followed. Right, okay. Is it, well, one of those questions is about but why would the children be forcibly removed? Well, there could be a range of uh, issues. It could be um, a report from a concerned citizen, whether valid or not. Uh, a doctor might uh, write a statement. It could be... Uh, a family member, the child could appear malnourished. It could be a myriad of factors, Raphael. Right, okay. Well, let's actually take it to another um, viewpoint. Let's say if a child has a disability, and when children have got a disability, is it how does the standard of care uh, come into it? Well, you see, uh, and my heart goes out to a lot of parents of disabled children, Uh A lot of them have to quit their job and become full-time carers. Uh, You know, there would be a diet and they need uh, support from governments and they shouldn't feel like uh, if they make a wrong move that there's going to be a watchful eye over them and their child will be removed. Uh, It should be care on many different levels and support rather than using fear and coercion. Right, is that... What about... um Recently, or a couple of years ago, there was a National Disability Insurance Scheme that was introduced. Now, would that actually have an effect on people maybe being able to access better quality care and come up with appropriate solutions for the children uh, to actually stay with the families? You know, that's a a good point you raised. And uh, you see, when it comes down to uh, a lot of parents and bringing vaccinations back into it, a lot of... uh, 
people are put in a position where they're having uh, their payments, their Centrelink payments withheld, uh, childcare has uh, been kept from them. And when, uh, you know, that's the wrong way to go about it. It's uh, certainly not ethical. When you deny uh, parents and their livelihood is going to be impacted, that's going to hit them hard, and I mean real hard. Well, is it what, like, is part of this not, when you say, like, the, a nighttime vigil, yes. is it? Let's, what do you mean by a nighttime vigil? Well, it'll be a, a moment of silence and uh, a candlelight prayer. Uh, a lot of this will be dedicated to uh, a little child by the name of Chase that was uh, taken from his parents. You can look up that story. It's been heavily publicised in the mainstream media. Sunday night did a project on that. And uh, it's basically showing respects for children and their families. Right, OK. Well, is it... So we've got a dedication and there'll be the speakers yep. and a rally. And and it's, uh, we held the No Jab, No Pay rally and uh, that was a similar event where we had a list of speakers, uh, some from the Health Party and uh, other organisations that are determined to see changes in legislation. We actually had a protest. Uh, a lot of people turned up with placards and... Uh, the no jab, no pay was uh, very successful. However, legislation was still implemented and that's going to affect a lot of families. Right. And what about we take a community servants announcement? We're about halfway through. My name's Rafael Caleb. I'm talking with Jeff O'Toole, Chapter Head of We Are Change Melbourne. Interview with Jeff O'Toole, Chapter Head of We Are Change Melbourne. Uh, personal views and do not constitute medical advice. Welcome back to The Boldness on 3CR. My name is Rafael Caleb, and on the 31st of January, I'm talking with Jeff O'Toole, Chapter Head of We Are Change Melbourne. Now, going back to what we were talking about, the nighttime visuals, um, the rally, and how many people would you be expecting to come here? Like, is there's no jab um, rally... How many people were at that rally? There was a, quite a few thousand there at that rally. It was very successful. That just goes to show the public was uh, very concerned about the legislation put through. And uh, we seek to connect and educate and motivate those who are interested in alerting the public to pertinent issues that are affecting our lives every day. That's our goal at We Are Change. And having the community involved and truth seekers and peacemakers uh, we take part in non-violent action. It's going to uh, definitely showcase what we're about here at this organisation and hopefully affect change. OK, but when people talk about non-violent, like, protest or action, look, is that, I think it was Gandhi actually did this across in India. Yes. And that might be where, look, it might have probably gone, as far as I'm concerned, it probably was before that centuries ago. <laughs> but how would we are change... What is, do you see as non-violent uh, protest? That's a very good question. Uh, what I believe is effective is to uh, organise a petition and circulate that through small to medium businesses. Uh, that's on the smaller scale and educating friends and loved ones. Also highlighting the issues that uh, come to mind. You can even uh, broadcast information on social media, run a poll, for instance, uh, gain support. 
uh, even try and get an interview or uh, a sit-down meeting with your local members of parliament, uh, either state or you know, possibly even federal, and uh, raise these concerns. And that would be the uh, good steps to take. Okay, well, look, you said, let's say if a person was uh, meeting with a state or federal member of parliament, is that how would it, do you think it's more effective that if a person had, let's say, a group of people with the same interest meeting the member of parliament, um, how would you go about it? Well, basically, I'd uh, note down a list of concerns and matters that I'd like to raise, organise an allocated time to sit down with that uh, politician, as it be, and uh, go over some of these concerns, see what's in the legislation, see if there's been any referendums put forward and address that with them. Right, okay. But let's say if a person like... Let's say if it's something which is really, really unjust, is it, does it actually help to actually maybe raise a person's voice or to lose their temper when they're talking with... No, person- absolutely not. That can actually uh, garner negative responses and even drag the whole uh, cause into disrepute by taking actions such as those... Uh, lines that's just uh, not the right way to go about it and to be effective at activism uh, there's appropriate measures that should be taken and uh, it's civil disobedience in a civilised manner uh, without any laws being broken. Right well look that's a um, really 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 good point about where uh, change that it's actually uh, trying to work within a legal framework which exactly. rightly or wrongly to actually create a type of action which may benefit others. That's right. And there's a lot of groups out there that one can join. Uh, whatever the situation may be that one is upset about, they can uh, try and set straight some of these grievances with uh, like-minded citizens and work together in a professional manner and uh, hopefully get some of the change that uh, is much needed. Right, OK. Well, let's say is it. Jeff, you're the chapter head of We Are Change Melbourne. What does the title chapter head mean within the structure of We Are Change? Well, that's a, uh, another good question. Uh, running this chapter, uh, a lot of members put forward posts and uh, solutions to many problems. I will address that. I will uh, look through and provide information for some of those that uh, aren't knowledgeable about certain factors. I will uh, help run campaigns and promote those. Also, uh, everybody can start their own chapter if one is not available in their city or join an existing one, and I will help people do that as well. If you look at, uh, go online to wearechange.org, there is a list of chapters that are already uh, in place. And uh, if you click on We Are Change Melbourne, if you're in this area, uh, you'll see my name come up and... uh, I'm always always there, uh, responding to people that have legitimate concerns that are being raised. Well, is it how did We Are Change come into existence? Very good question. Uh, the founder of We Are Change was Luke Radowski, and uh, it, he stepped forward back in the days of 9-11. Uh, when that happened, he was helping with the first responders. Uh, yeah, so he was uh, doing a lot of great work. He's been travelling the world. If you look on uh, the We Are Change YouTube channel, you can see all of his work. Like myself, he's interviewed doctors, lawyers and politicians. And 
yeah, really pushing the organisation forward in a positive way about a whole different range of topics. Now, is it regarding people with a disability, what are some of the outcomes that may have been achieved for people with a disability because of the action of We Are Change? Hopefully uh, improved disability support services and some of the procedures that are taken will become more efficient uh, by looking at uh, some of the problems, troubleshooting that, and, uh, yeah, really highlighting uh, certain factors in that regard and providing information to parents of disabled children and uh, providing support networks, which is uh, very fundamental as well, where parents can connect with uh, others that are in their same predicament and uh, have that uh, network to rely on, which is uh, very important. Now, is it one of the big things about disability is the trail of paperwork. Right. Now, is it, has we a change, has that been brought to the attention of we or change on how that might be possibly addressed for people with a disability that maybe access services? Well, that's uh, very important. See, uh, what we're trying to hope is more people can access disability support pensions. A lot of people are having trouble accessing payments, strict legislation, doctors' interviews, medical reports, everything is analysed to a a high degree and uh, there's a lot of people that are in severe dire need with their disability and they're not having access to that uh, payment method and uh, we're we're trying to help rectify that. Uh, A lot of people, they might have, uh, regardless of their medical condition, they're struggling to have uh, sufficient uh, monetary uh, allowances, so... That's something that definitely needs addressing as well. Yep. Yeah, well, look, is that, again, too, is that one of the big changes that the federal government made a number of years ago was changing the indexation of pensions and allowances. Mm. And instead of being in line with increases in the average wage, it was then in line with the CPI. Now, has we a change had an opportunity to have a look at something like that? Well, I've been chapter head for 12 months. So before that, uh, the former chapter heads, they were uh, doing work in several different fields. I haven't had a chance to analyse that 100%, but there is a composite list of matters that need to be addressed and hopefully we can uh, look into that at some point in time. Yep, certainly is. Look, and that's a, look, it's a pretty reasonable answer is that usually when the CPI that the increase that it goes through, it actually increases at a far lesser rate than what the average wage does. That, for example, if a person was on, let's say, $100 a week and that was their living their wage, if they got an increase of $10, that would be $110 a week. Whereas if they were on, let's say, a government payment Mm -hmm. and the CPI or inflation rate was maybe 1%, they might go from getting, let's say, $30 for the week to getting $31, which is about a very, very minor, minor, minor increase. And that would make things more difficult, particularly if people have got a disability because they have increased costs to do with things like medication, accessing mm-hmm. care. Maybe they might have um, special needs. And they've also, people with a disability, have got the right to, act, well, basically the fundamental human right 
to actually develop friendships like having mm. the social cup of coffee yes. and to actually access films as well. Yeah, uh, very true. And uh, what upsets me is uh, a lot of people with disabilities are being pushed into the work for the doll scheme and being denied a disability payment and they have to uh, reach a target of so many hours a week and they're forced to work through some severe pain for a a lot of people and uh, that's something that we definitely need to look into. Uh, A lot of people, you know, they have uh, back pain, uh, severe disabilities and they shouldn't be forced into that. Strict regulations have been put in place and uh, too, a little too strict, Raphael. Well, it's, look, it's, again, that little thing too from a disability point of um, view, that if they were into, let's say, a work for the doll scheme, for example, and it was 20 hours a week. Yep. Now, if it was a compulsory one, well, That's right. it would almost be effectively, my words, not um, anybody else's, I would almost call that conscription. If the doctor mm, said exactly. that, if the doctor could only say they could work eight hours a week, but a government organisation is actually overruling a doctor's actual that's opinion. That's right. That's insane. And that seems to be happening uh, quite a lot. And uh, people have even been in hospitals and then they've, they've been struck off payments and they've had their payments suspended while they're in hospital. I mean, uh, it's gotten to a stage where it's just these measures that have been taken are affecting people in a whole range of avenues. And, you know, to put someone in a situation like that, uh, that would be unbearable. Right, so it's coming about nearly time for us actually to say goodbye, Jeff. So what I'd actually want to have a little bit of a chat to you about is that are these the type of issues that are going to be addressed at the children's rights events on the 10th? Absolutely. We'll be covering a range of factors from disabilities to natural medicine to forcibly remove children from loving families and uh, we'll be covering this in great detail. We've got some very dynamic speakers. Uh, you'll have a, a wonderful time. It'll be educational and very enlightening. Well, as I said, I'm sure it would be now. How long would this actual event run for? It runs from 5.30 till 7.30, and uh, I'll be there the whole time. I'm the master of ceremonies for the event, so you'll have a chance to meet me after the event, and but feel free to... Uh, approach and raise some concerns and uh, give me some of your feedback. That's what we're here for. Well, is it? my name is Rafael Caleb, talking with Jeff O'Toole, Chapter Head of We Are Change Melbourne. And your final two questions, Jeff, how do people get in contact with We Are Change and how they can get involved? Okay, well, getting involved is easy. You can join an existing We Are Change chapter or you can start your own. We Are Change encourages people to join groups but also acknowledges that individuals can be just as productive working by themselves, whatever is best for you. Already, if you have your own organisation, you're a We Are Change chapter leader yourself, you can become a blog contributor and drive traffic to your cause. For more information on how to become a contributor, visit wearechange.org and you can see a full list of current contributors as well, so you can get an idea of the direction that everybody's heading in. Uh, thank you very much. My name is Rafael Caleb. I've been talking with Jeff O'Toole, Chapter Head of We Are Change Melbourne. The Boldness will be back on... Thank you very much for your time, Jeff. The Boldness will be back on the 21st of February uh, 2018. Next up, keep listening to Completia 
Ballard here, and we are going out with a song that says it all. The Beatles, So You Want a Revolutioning. Keep listening to 3CR, where if you don't think the revolution has started, you've been listening to the wrong station.